1: Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Oy Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am
0: Pastor Ventani from Ramo, Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we just welcome, to you, welcome you to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. We've been uh, speaking and teaching on the principles of the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 19, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And uh, we understand that keys lock and unlock things. And we also understand that those keys are are principles. They're they're the commands of God with promises. And I was reminded just now in Corinthians, it says all the promises in God are yes and amen. So all of God's promises are true. It's just we just have to apply our faith to them, believe them, and act on them. And again, one of the keys we're talking about in the kingdom is the key of giving. And, And again, I just want to reiterate a little Faith is that master key. You have to the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. So everything that we do in the kingdom or concerning God, you have to use the key of faith. That's the master key. And then you use the other keys to unlock the other doors. But faith gets you in that main door. <laughs> and then you use the You can't all the do anything doors.
1: else without faith.
0: Right, right. And that's believing in the trusting and having confidence in God. Confidence in what God said. Scripture says in first John five this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and we understand or know that we have the petitions of those things that we we requested. So again, you got to have use that first key which is faith. And another key as we're moving forward is the key of giving. You know, we understand and we talked about it yesterday. Scripture says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world he gave. So in in the scripture also says in Genesis 1, we were made in his image and his likeness. So God desires us to, to be givers just as he's a giver. And again, God never tells us to do anything without a corresponding promise to our obedience. So as we give, Scripture says in Luke six thirty-eight, it says right here, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosoms. But with the measure, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's a principle. That's it. That's the principle we're given. He say, with the same measure you use to to give, that's what you're going to get back. And again, we keep saying this over and over. Farmers understand that principle. They give seed to the ground, and it's given back to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And again, the seed is really not for the ground. It's for the farmer. <laughs> he just gives the seed to the ground. And then does what he does, believing that he's going to receive a harvest for himself and his family. It's never, it never wasn't for the ground, but he has to trust and put it in the ground. He has to plant it. And he has to not really understand how everything works in the ground, how things are happening. He just by faith plant that seed in the ground or gives the seed to the ground. And he believes for a harvest. Same thing with the promises of God. We, we give. If he says give and it shall be given to you. You do that and you just believe and start expecting for a corresponding return on your giving.
1: And, you know, and we've talked before, this this kind of giving is, is anything. If you give love, you get love mm-hmm. back. If you give peace and joy and, and comfort, you get those things back. But as we specifically talk here about giving in the sense of finances, in... God actually says to us, and we've used this scripture more than once, in Malachi chapter 3, where he says, test me in this. It's one of the few places in the Bible that I really see God saying to people, test me in this. And we go back to what you are talking about before with faith. One of the reasons why we need faith in every aspect of our life is because most of the time what God says is the opposite of what the world says. So when the world says we're to look out after ourselves, we're to look out after number one, we're to put number one first, and God says exactly the opposite. He says in that that we are to esteem others ahead of ourselves, and God speaks in other places, and what he says to us, the world says exactly the opposite. That's why we have to have faith in what God says. If we don't have faith in what God says, we're going to believe the world, and it doesn't matter what the issue is. If you don't have faith in God to believe God that he's going to do what he says, you won't do it. You'll believe what the world has taught you for all of your life. The same thing happens in giving where he says to Pat, he has to say to people, test me. If you, you're robbing from me, but test me in this. If you give, watch, I will pour out more than your storehouses will hold. And it applies to every single thing in our life. It applies to every facet of our life. As God tells us one thing, the world tells us the opposite. Do we actually have the faith to believe? God says, do not worry. The world says worry. The world says worry all the time. Worry when you get up, worry during the day, worry when you go to bed. God says exactly the opposite. He says, do not worry. Who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe God that he is sufficient, that he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory? Or am I going to believe the world, which says, you know what? If you give up anything, you'll have less. So you've got to hold on. You've got to hoard. Who am I going to put my faith in? Am I going to put my faith in God or am I going to put my faith in the world? And again,
0: that that faith, you've, you've said faith about 20 times. And again, give a little more definition on faith. Confidence in God, trust, reliance, believing. My hope is in God. I, I I believe him, regardless of what the circumstances or the situation looks like. I still trust in the Lord with all my heart. I have confidence in what he said. And I always tell people, God and his word are one. It's like wet and water. You can't separate them. You get God, you get his word. You get his word, you get him. And he's saying, you got, I gave you my word, just trust in it. And Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, a man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that received out of the mouth of the Father, the Father God. So as we receive his word, as we study his word, meditate on his word, he says, just have some confidence in it. Believe me, remember? Heaven and earth will pass away, he said, but my word shall never pass away. It shall endure forever. So he says, and also in Isaiah, he said he watches over his word to perform it. So if God's giving you his word, he says, I'm obligated to prove my word. I just want you to just have confidence in it. Trust it. Yeah, I'm going to bring it to pass. And I tell a lot of people, especially concerning giving, the Bible says when we get born again, our conversation is supposed to change, our speech. You said in, in the New Testament, they will speak with new tongues. A lot of people think that's speaking in tongues. No, speak in new tongues mean I'm going to use this Greek word homologio. I'm going to say the same thing God says. And the scripture says that we give thanks for what we believe we receive. You, you got to thank God before... The battle in the midst of the battle you got to thank him as you're sowing seed and giving you don't Go wondering. I wonder if God's gonna multiply my seed." So no you start thanking him That's how it works in the kingdom. You thank him before you got it. If somebody say I'm gonna do you a favor You basically trust that and you say well, thank you I really appreciate that and you haven't even got it and again with with trust and we we do that at our jobs we go put a whole weekend Trusting that they're going to give us a check at the end of the week. Right, they don't
1: pay you first. (laughs) Right, no, they They don't don't pay pay you afterwards. But you
0: show up every day believing and having faith in that company – that they're going to have a check for you that ain't going to bounce at the end of the pay
1: period. And, and you know what's interesting as you say that is if you don't believe that they're going to pay you, you don't go. Right. You wouldn't even show up. See, and So you're showing faith. <laughs> oh, yeah. We show faith all the time. We, we do it all the time, right? You drive through a green light at the intersection because you have faith that everybody on the other side that's <laughs> red is right. going to stop. Right, right. We, we we exercise faith all the time in ways that we don't even realize that we're and exercising. And that's what
0: Jesus it. was saying in Mark eleven twenty two: Have faith in God.
1: Right. He said so, exercise so faith in him. So we exercise him. faith going through the intersection. We don't even think about it. We just exercise that faith. We exercise faith to go to work, believing that mm-hmm. they're going to pay us. How much more can we trust God to, to believe everything that he has said?
0: Sure. We also exercise faith in the employer when they say they're giving us some health benefits. And we go to the doctor. You show that little car. You're waiting on your car. You believe, hey, I got all this stuff. You're believing you got a retirement package. You got all of this that they tell you, we're going to give you in your benefit package. And you go tell people, hey, man, I got the greatest job, being I got this, that, and the other with it. They ain't showed you nothing. Or they probably gave it to you on some
1: paper. There <laughs> you go. But, you but put faith a, in it. <laughs> just think about it this way, though. Here's an earthly company. Right. And we put our faith and our trust in it. We believe that that card's about. good. We believe that that retirement's going to be there. This earthly company, we... Put our faith and our trust in it. We believe them. Because we believe them, we go to work every day. Because we believe them, we do what they tell us Mm -hmm. to do. And yet God has made promises that are much greater than those. And we know his are always good. And yet for some reason, we don't want to do what he says. And here's another one, as
0: you were saying that, that we believe in a company. I work for a company and they did what they call matching funds. They say you put this amount in there and the company will match you. And we do that, yeah. Well, take that amount out my check, cause we're believing that the company's gonna match that. They ain't came and gave it to us physically, but we believe they put it in there. They're gonna match our dollar dollar for dollar. And again, we again, we exercise faith all the time, but in natural things. We, and he says no. And in things that can fail. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How many people lost everything they had when Enron went down? Well, I lost you know, 10, I 15 lost
0: 15 money out ago.
1: of my 401K. I mean, 10, 15 years ago when when Enron went belly up, how many of their employees lost everything they had? They believed they were going to be there. They believed all their promises. They believed all these things, and yet they didn't come through. That's the difference between an earthly company and God. Yet, for some reason, we are much more willing to put all of our faith into an earthly company or an earthly person than we are God, whose promises are always good. And I'm reminded, as you said that Jesus said in Luke, "Don't lay up for yourself."
0: Tre- in Matthew, "Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where thieves can break in and steal them, and, and rust moth, and moth can rough. eat them up." He said, "But lay up your treasures in heaven, where you'll get a return on it, a, a definite return." And that's what he was basically saying. Continue to trust in in my system, and I'm going to make sure. You're going to get a return. When you're laying up treasures in heaven, and here's a revelation. When you're laying up treasures in heaven, you're actually doing what the scripture tells you to do. You're giving into what God called us to give into. You're trusting in him. That's basically laying up treasures in heaven. As I have my trust and my faith and my reliance in him, I'm laying up treasures in heaven. Because, yeah, that's where I'm from that kingdom now. That's my government now. That's where I'm going to spend eternity at, not here. So, and God's going to, uh, he said in Matthew 6, that Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come. God's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So that's where our address is. Our you eternal know, I, address. I guess
1: I'm just constantly amazed at how often people are willing to put their faith in people and earthly companies and, and they earthly things. And get let down every time. And not put their faith in God. Whose promises are always good. Who never fails. When he says that he will do something, he always does it. When he says that I will provide for all your needs according to my riches and glory, he means that he's going to do that. When he says I will never leave you nor forsake you, he means that. When he says that I am sufficient for all your needs... He means it when he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat and drink like the pagans do, but seek ye first the kingdom of God because I'm going to take care of you. He actually means And part of that seeking first
0: the kingdom is, is being a giver. Right. That's what kingdom, remember we're talking about principles of the kingdom, keys of the kingdom. One of the keys is being a giver. Well, see, if I'm
1: seeking after the world and what the world wants, I have to hoard everything I have. I can't be giving. You can't be doing that. But if I'm seeking after God, then I don't have to listen to what the world says. I don't have to seek after the same things that the world is seeking after.
0: I pay little or no attention to what I can see in the natural when it comes to God's word. If it's what the circumstances said or God's word said, I'm going to... Trust in the Lord with all my heart. It, now it may not make sense because the gospel is not logical. Yeah, it's not logical. God will tell you to do things that don't make sense. He actually said it in Corinthians. It says the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. So it doesn't. the gospel is not logical. And we have to understand that God doesn't have to lo- use logic. Two plus two to God don't have to be four. It can be. He multiplies. <laughs> well,
1: well, logic says that if you give 10% of your income to God, you're going to have less. Right, you're going to have less. And God you're going to have less. And God says, no, you're going to have more. You're going to have more. He <laughs> says, test me. Right, if you don't right. believe me, test me, and I will pour out more than it your storehouse. But, I mean, see, that's what logic says. Logic says if you give 10%, you're going to have less. It don't make sense. How logic can I live says if you better give... off
0: 90% than 100%? That don't make and sense then, at all. And
1: then... Just the idea of tithes and offerings. And so you say, well, I'm going to give even more than that 10%. Well, the world would say, and logic would say, well, you're going to have even less. And yet God says, no, you're going to have even more. No, I'm going to have what Jesus said I have. He said he came that I may
0: have life and life more abundantly. That's what I'm going to have as a result of being not just a hearer of the word only, but a doer. I'm going to have that. He promised me that. And my scripture says, my Bible says in three or four places, God... Is not a man that he shall lie. And there's only one thing. Yeah, he doesn't thing, change his mind. Yeah, one thing that's possible him for him to do is lie. So if he said it, and I'm believing in what he said, so my faith is totally in God because I'm acting on what he said. So he's obligated to perform what he said. See, All when, I got to do is do it.
1: When God comes to Abraham and he says, I'm going to give you this land, you need to leave your family and go to this land that I'm going to give to your offspring. Logic says, well, that that doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? I don't even have a title. You didn't give me a title deed or nothing. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm not going to have it. Is my offspring they're going to have it? And it's going to be a long time after I'm dead before they have it? Logic says, well, why would I even go? Why would I do any of that stuff? And yet, because of his faith and he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, he went. And that's what we've got to look at. Yeah, we
0: can look at that right now because we know Israel became a, another sovereign state in 1942. Well, 48. the promise, yeah, 40. Well, the, 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 the promise, it manifests. They have their own land. And again, I like this part, though. New Testament. I'm a New Testament saint and an Old Testament. But it said if you be Christ in Galatians, you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Basically, what he's saying is the same way I blessed Abraham, the same way Abraham trusted and put faith in me, because you're in Christ now, you're Abraham's seed. You're an heir according to the same promise I made Abraham. You got it, if you can believe that. Okay, Lord, it's your word. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, Here it
1: is. And so, once again, we come back to this whole idea of faith. If God says it, am I going to believe it? If God says it, am I going to do it? Am I going to respond to the things that God says? I... You look around, and, and I think a few weeks ago we were talking about thankfulness, and you had mentioned that earlier. I love the scripture in, in Psalms where he talks about Psalm 118, verse 24, where he says, Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice, or we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I always say, I will rejoice and be glad Make in it, it personal. It. Make it personal. And once again, our logic might say, well, today's a lousy day. Man, the weather's not that good here where we're at, and... And you got this ache and you got that pain and, you know, the job's not going that well or just whatever. And, and so logic might say, to you oh, today's not a good day. Today's just a lousy day. And man, I hate today. And oh, what else can go wrong today? But no, the scripture says today is the day the Lord has made today. And I was talking to somebody earlier today about, once again, this thing that we always talk about, the present. It's called the present because it's a present. I said that as the day goes on, you are actually opening up a gift that God has given you. You don't, you don't know what's in the gift. But it's good. But it's And as the day goes on, you're opening up and you're seeing what it is that God has given to you. And so we need to rejoice. Christmas, our birthday, whenever we're getting presents, we rejoice. We're so happy we're getting a gift. You get a gift every day, and it's the gift of God, and it's the day that the Lord has made, and we need to rejoice and be glad in it. And the world might tell you the opposite. The world might tell you, oh, man, you know what? There's nothing good happening in the world today. Boy, you got the Ukraine going on, and you got Syria going on, and you've got this and that and the other thing going on. And boy, we all ought to just be wringing our hands. And God says that today is the day that I have made. Today is a day that you need to rejoice and be glad Amen. in it. Amen. And we can forget what the world says. We can put our faith in God and move forward. You said
0: forget what the world says. And the scripture says, don't be conformed to this world. Well, again, the world wants you to squeeze you into their mode and believe. And the Bible says the devil is the God of this world system.
1: And he's yeah. the deceiver. Yeah, he's the deceiver. So he's, he's been lying he's from the beginning. manipulating things, yeah, from the beginning <laughs> to make you
0: believe that. And God says, no, believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Because, again, I say this always, you're going to always move towards the direction of your most dominant thoughts or what you believe more. So if I believe the word of God more than anything else, that's the direction I'm heading in. I'm heading in manifesting his promises because that's what I believe. That's what I'm meditating on it on that's where my speech is in line with his word Uh, my speech is always in line with what thus said the lord and your friends
1: and and what people the devil will come against you you know what sometimes that takes the form of your friends that's your family that's people you know and and what they're telling you sounds logical to them it sounds like it makes sense and yet if it's the opposite of what god says you need to put it aside no matter who it is that's telling you that
0: well paul put it like this he said, "My speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of human wisdom, but were in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith may not be in the the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." He basically, he said, "My conversation is different. I'm talking in line with kingdom talk. I, you may not understand that." And Jesus, when he talked about the par- parable of the sower, you know, he talked spoke. He said he spoke in parables because hearing they may hear and not perceive so unless you're born again you don't really understand the words of the kingdom you have to get born again to really start really believing all the things that God says because this Holy Spirit is in you and it's going to bear witness to the truth of his word so as we start maturing in Christ and our faith starts to get ignite on fire our conversation is going to change here's my conversation concerning finances Thank you, Lord, that all my needs are supplied according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you that I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed coming out, going out. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm saying that all the time just in conversation. When people talk about how bad the economy is, I'm declaring, well, I'm glad all my needs are met. I'm glad that the righteous are never forsaken nor their seed, begging bread. That's what's coming out of my mouth because I understand that's the word of God. And I also understand that death and life is in the power of the tongue. The power of my words. So I can agree with the circumstances or I can agree with the word. And I choose to agree with the word. So I'm going to speak in line with that. So if you're a giver, you got to declare what he said. You got to declare, it. I thank you, Lord, for the windows of heaven blessings. I thank you for rebuking the devour for my sake. I thank you for making all grace abound towards me, that I have all sufficiency in all things that I abound to every good work. You got to start speaking that because that's what's going to manifest the, prom- the promises. Because if you're giving and you're not thanking the Lord for it or speaking in line with that, you're basically aborting your seed. Yeah, you're, you're not, you got to speak. God, in Genesis 1, he spoke stuff into existence. The Bible, and the Bible even says that about Abraham in Romans 4. It says, you know, he called things that be not as though they were. Against hope but in hope, he still believed. He still had to call himself a father of many nations. Even though he didn't have no kids. <laughs> he had to say that. And he called us he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. So as he called was saying, Hey, my name is Abraham, basically he was saying, My name is Father of Many Nations. He was speaking in line with what God said about him. God changed his name. He didn't change his name. God says, No, you're gonna be Abraham now.
1: Well, see, and as you go along with this, you hear here once again in Malachi where it says, God says, If you test me in this, see if I Will open the floodgates of heaven, and so you know you talk about oh man the economy's still not as good as it. you know the United States is 17 trillion in the hole, and we have deficits that are ongoing, and boy there's just I don't know how anything the economy is just so terrible. God's economy is not terrible. They're, not, at they're all. not running a 17 trillion dollar <laughs> deficit in heaven, and God says I will open the floodgates not. Hope that the United States government will open the floodgates, not hope that your employer will open the floodgate. He says, I will open the floodgates. And so this isn't dependent on how the U.S. economy is going. This isn't dependent on how the business that you work for is going. This is dependent upon God. God says, I'm the one. And we've... We, It is so easy for people to forget this. The Israelites had the same problem as they came up to the promised land. They get to the promised land and God had said, I will fight for you. I will give you this land. And they, in their own thinking, in their own logic, in their own looking, said, we can't take the land. And I tell people all the time, they were right. They couldn't take the land But the promise wasn't that they could take the land. The promise was that God would give them the land. And so when they said, we can't take the land, they were right. But God didn't tell them, go there and you take the land. He said, go there and I will give you the land. And this happens to us in every aspect of our life where God makes a promise to us. We say, I can't do it. It it can't be done. God says, give and I will open the floodgates and we said well that can't be that that doesn't make any sense that that can't be done I thought with God all things are possible right but with and, God but but see how how easy it is for us to take our eyes off of him and to not think that it was easy for the Israelites. And we, we sometimes like to pick on the Israelites. We say, man, they didn't have much faith there. They saw God doing all these things in Egypt, and then they saw him part the Red Sea, and then they saw him do all, the manna. They saw him do the quail. They saw him do all this stuff, and yet they still didn't believe. Well, just think back in your own life. How many times has God provided for you in your life? How many times has God looked after you when you were ill? How many times have you recovered when you were ill? How many times has God been there for you in every situation of your life? And yet a new one comes and we're like, oh, I don't know if God can help me. Oh, I don't know if God can do this. Oh, I don't know if God can heal me of this. Oh, I don't know if God can help me pay this bill. And for some reason, it's like we forgot all those million times before where God has been there for us and taken care of us. And it's like we think, oh, this time's too big. He can't do it.
0: Well, that's why you got to continue to study the word of God, meditate on the word of God, because as you were saying that, I was thinking about As you were saying all the negative things that people say, I was thinking about all the positive things that the word of God says.
1: It's exactly the opposite of the word.
0: He was saying, I always cause you to triumph. I always give you the victory. And with that. So do we believe him or not? I believe him. I choose to believe. And that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. Uh, Join us tomorrow for another exciting episode. And we want to remind you before you go, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.